Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Very Good Podcast with Kara Berry, a weekly Bachelorette recap. Um, I can't believe that we're kind of uh, coming to a close here. This week, we had the Men Tell All special, um, which is tends not to be my favorite thing when it comes to uh, shows like this. Not, not so much a standard reunion where, um, you know, like where the whole cast has been there the whole time, but something about when, uh, you know, you have rejects, uh, it kind of becomes like a rat race for like who gets to speak and say their piece. And, you know, I, I, I tend not to like the format. Um, and I knew that, you know, because this was my first season, um, yeah, I just knew that I wasn't going to be crazy about this, but another, uh, reason why I was concerned about this uh, special being any good is because the first 10 minutes they de- dedicated to like memorable moments in specifically the tell all history. <laughs> so it was like uh, a really long look back and like tell all specials of times past. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know who any of these people are. So it really wasn't interesting to me, but it did end in um, a couple getting like a random on the spot sonogram to find out the sex of their baby, which was like really weird and probably a testament to why I've not seen The Bachelor or The Bachelorette before this season. Um, but I digress. Um, after that, uh, the little segment was over. We had a little kind of meet the guys. Uh, retrospective where, you know, they say hi to all the guys, and I have to admit, there were, like, a couple standouts to me, for better or for worse. Iggy, I thought, looked really cute with his little glasses, and his hair was slicked back. Um, Alex, the Russian guy, he looked weird to me. Did anybody else think that? Like, he's almost too good-looking. Like, he's almost too chiseled and, like, manicured too well manicured for me like it's almost it's just too much (laughs) um and uh yeah I mean that was that was about it Dean got like the loudest applause you know than anybody else any other guy on the stage and you know I think everybody um you know was really rooting for Dean to be the bachelor next season um Oh, another guy was Adam, who we didn't really get to see much of uh, over the course of the season. It was sort of like, who was this guy until, like, two episodes ago, and then he got cut. (laughs) But um, he, I think, is, like, low-key hot. I was actually checking out his Instagram um, not too long ago, and he's, like, really attractive. Um, I think Rachel... They have made a mistake with Adam. He was, he's, like, really cute. And he got a lot of screen time um, in this special. Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of nice to see. I mean, I don't know anything about his personality because he didn't get any airtime on the actual show. But I liked what I was looking at during the special, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, after, after we met the guys again, they had, like, a look back on the season. And, of course, like... You know, the two main focuses we had were on Lucas and Blake in the beginning and Kenny and Lee towards the end. Um, 
we have Chris, who is the moderator of uh, the special. Chris, I don't know if he has, like, uh, more of a, a hand in what goes on in shows past. But, like, I just feel like we barely... I barely saw him, and I feel like Chris, people had mentioned Chris in the past, like, he was kind of, like, I don't know, like, the Ryan Seacrest in a way, sort of, like, the mentor, but host, and, yeah, we just really didn't see him that much, so I find him to be, honestly, incredibly boring, <laughs> but, you know, to each his own. Um, Chris asks, uh, about Blake and Lewis and the whole situation in the house and the guys kind of all agreed that like, you know, Blake's downfall was that he focused too much on Lucas and you can tell like that the guys didn't really like Lucas too much. Um, and yeah, that was about it. Um, Demario, they finally get to Demario and ask him about the situation with, you know, his little girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or whoever she was and I just thought it was so lame that like (laughs) DeMario had all this time to explain the situation with the other girl and all he could think of was to call um Lexi that's her name all he could think of was to call her basically a side chick and and mentioned that weekend song about like you know I only call you when it's half past five which is like so lame Demario is whack and I'm sorry to anybody who has to watch him on Bachelor in Paradise I'm not going to be doing it but (laughs) sorry to all of you guys um and then he like even took his fuckboy-ness to another level and was like, um, I'm looking for ocular facts as to us being together, me and Lexi being together. Like nobody has any pictures or anything like that. And Chris was like, okay, but we have the text. Like everybody, everybody saw the text messages. So I don't even know what you're talking about, but like, uh, whatever. I, I will say that a good thing about this special is that all the guys get to get to actually say their piece and then we never get to see them again. (laughs) Um, uh, After DeMario tried to explain his situation with Lexi, um, Chris talks to Iggy as another guy who, you know, Basically, it was we went down the lines of like guys who kind of wasted their time being on the show for one reason or the other. Iggy was um, one of the guys who was sort of a tattletale, especially when it came to Josiah. And Iggy basically explained that he, you know, his interest was in Rachel and with the girl that he, you know, was talking to and that he would have done... He would have handled the situation the exact same way with Josiah, basically. Um, Somehow this ends up starting up like a petty argument between Iggy and Lucas, because Lucas, of course, we know, does not know how to shut up. I'm not going to say his catchphrase because it makes me, it makes my skin crawl just thinking about it. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, he and Lucas end up getting in this fight and it was quickly squashed by the other guys kind of like, jumping to Iggy's defense I don't think the guys really like Iggy but if it's you know if it's between anybody and Lucas 
and later on we'll see anybody and uh, Lee that the guys are not going to be on their side. So um, I think it just kind of proved that like these guys were very much the same off screen as they were on screen. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. So we get to Kenny and Lee, which ended up being a pretty, um, significant part of the episode, which I was kind of surprised and, um, happy to see. Um, Kenny is the first one who speaks and he, um, says with regard to the situation that, that, uh, in the beginning of that show that all the guys kind of agreed to play a gentleman's game with regard to Rachel, like no drama, no going behind people's backs or anything like that. Just be yourselves and let her decide. Um, he says that Lee broke the rules of that gentleman's game. And because of that, he felt like he had to check Lee. Um, Will chimes in and said that the situation was, you know, really distracting because they, you know, if they were having their one-on-one time with Rachel, they would hear Kenny and Lee having arguments with each other in the background. And it was just like, you know, kind of, it it affected the whole house. And Dean said that Kenny was really well-liked in the house and that everybody was always on his side. Dean, as we know, was kind of the first person to bring up the racial aspect to Lee's behavior um on the show and he was the one I think he said you know you'll notice that Lee tends to pick on certain people and not others and the producer asked him what he meant by that and he said well I think you know what I mean um Basically saying that Lee was, like, targeting all the black guys in the house to pick fights with. Um, One person who did defend Lee, of course, was DeMario, who does not know how to shut up. (laughs) But he did say that Lee, you know, he, you know, obviously he had gotten kicked off the show pretty instantly. So he was surprised to see Lee's behavior. And especially off the show that when um, the situation when the Bachelor in Paradise drama happened with DeMario, that Lee was the first one to reach out to him. And not only that, but to like offer his support and tell him, you know, like he was there for him for whatever he needed. So he was very surprised by Lee's behavior watching it on the show. Um, Kenny does bring up the, (laughs) the racial aspect of it. Um, which I thought was actually really funny um, <laughs> because he could have made it like a point, pointy moment and said he just shaded him, which, but I mean, the pointy moments did come later, but I just thought that was funny that if rather he said, um, you know, that at the time that, that he didn't feel like Lee was being racist and that if he had felt that way, that um, he would have reacted in kind. Um, he did say that Lee basically Lee knew that he was well out of his league in terms of the rest of the guys. And because of that, he decided to like latch on to somebody to create a bit of drama to, to, I guess to distract from the fact that he was like not as good or as accomplished or attractive or whatever as the other guys, which I thought was actually really funny. Kenny has been great for like 
low key and honestly a lot of high key shade and and reading people and I I I've been appreciating that out of Kenny. Um, so Chris asks, um, you know, he calls Kenny down to the hot seat and they show a retrospective of him on the show. Um, and you know, Chris asks if he ever felt like he had a chance with Rachel. Um, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, we're talking about, I'm sorry. I'm having a total brain fight. We're talking about Kenny still. Um, so Kenny comes down to the hot seat. They have a retrospective on the show. Chris asks Kenny if he felt like he ever had a chance with Rachel. Um, and Kenny says that basically no, that as soon as they kind of started making headway and really starting to, you know, getting to know each other and liking each other, that that's when the drama with Lee began. And I basically felt like he never really had like a fair shot. Um, Kenny also says that like, you know, he's not aggressive, um, that he used to be and he grew up and that like, if the situation had been, you know, a few years ago, that like he really would have handled the situation with Lee differently and maybe put hands on him. But like, that's just not the kind of person that he is at this point because he has a daughter and like, you know, he really just wants to, uh, you know, handle situations in a more mature manner. Um, we did have a surprise with Kenny and we find out that, um, you know, Kenny ended up leaving the show because he was missing his daughter and, um, they end up surprising, you know, they end up surprising, uh, him with his daughter and his daughter comes out. Um, they have, you know, she's just a little bit of an interview. She's gorgeous. She's so beautiful and she seems so smart. And, you know, she said that she was really proud of Kenny and we find out that Kenny's birthday is going to be the following day. And they surprise him with, uh, tickets for himself and his daughter to go to Disneyland. I hope that ABC gave them the ball out VIP tickets because I know that they're owned by Disneyland. So if he didn't get, you know, I, I hope that his daughter got to meet every princess. I hope that she got sick on whatever cotton candy. (laughs) I hope that they got to the front of line for everything. Mickey ears, as far as the eye could see if they, cause they don't have to pay for it. So if they didn't get the full VIP treatment, then I think Kenny needs to complain. <laughs> but um, next we have Lee in the hot seat. And this is kind of where the show takes a little bit of a turn. So Lee gets called down by Chris next. Um, Lee. Uh, this is kind of a waste of time, but <laughs> I appreciate ABC for at least trying. Um Lee starts off by saying that he is a facetious person, that he makes jokes when he feels uncomfortable and that maybe they're not, um, interpreted well. Um, Kenny, they, um, pan over to Kenny and Kenny is making this, like, snake, slithering snake move with his hands and he was completely right because 
Kenny, or excuse me, Lee is really trying to like slither his way out of the situation. Really slimy, gross guy. Um, as Lee tries to explain his situation, Kenny interrupts him and asks him like what his goal was coming on the show. Was it to be a genuine person or was it to just, you know, gain attention for himself? Uh, Lee says that he was looking for love, but then he realized that he had quote unquote work to do and the guys are all like not letting him up on his very like, he, he kept giving like very like politician PR can answers and in today's world like you just can't do that like you have to at least you have to put in effort to be genuine so I think people are sharper than they've ever been and more perceptive and I think there are always these buzzwords that we hear and that when we hear them we know that people aren't necessarily uh apologetic or even understanding why what they have done deserves apologizing. Um, so, but anyway, uh, you know, the guys, a lot of the guys, you know, really call him out on behavior and they say, you know, you've had all of this time to apologize for the tweets that you've given um as we know that there are a few tweets that um people were able to find of lees that were uh racist misogynist uh just very problematic at the very least um and you know they said you've had all this time to address the situation, to tweet out an apology, to make a public apology, and you've never done it. And not only that, in interviews, you've kind of, uh, you know, doubled down on your behavior and were really, like, leaning into this villain role. Um, <laughs> Lee says, you know, like, I feel like I have a lot to learn, and um, Josiah... Is like sick of it. He goes down to the couch and he says, you know, he wants to know why Lee would tweet things like that and then go on a show knowing that there was a black woman, you know, that you were buying, vying for a black woman's attention. Like, why would you even, obviously if, if these are your feelings then, you know, why would you want to date a black woman? It just doesn't make sense. Um, Lee, you know, is like trying to find the words and he really has nothing to say. And, you know, I really applaud ABC for giving all of the guys an opportunity to say something to him, to say how they really feel, how his words affect people, you know, how he can move forward and make this right. And he, you know, they just keep trying to hold him accountable for the things that he said and he's done and he cannot do it. Just like DeMario had all the time to in the world to explain the situation with Lexi, you know, Lee has the same, same opportunity to reach out to people and to really apologize and say that, like, this is not the person that I am. And he wasn't able to do that. 
Um, it gets really awkward at points and, you know, the guys have to specifically like pin him down and get him to give an answer. So Iggy asks him specifically what it is that he's sorry for. Um, and finally, you know, Lee is able to say that he was ignorant at the time that he tweeted it. The tweets were racist and that he denounced it, denounces it. It wasn't like a full mea culpa on Leah's side, but you know, we, it's a television show. You have to court some, you see the, you have to come to some sort of resolution and they were able to do that. But I, like I said, I really applaud ABC for giving what it seemed like all the black men on the stage an opportunity to say like, you have to do better than this and we're willing to help you. And I think it was a really good, uh, you know, a really good opportunity for people to see that kind of discourse that like, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep, <laughs> but I, I will, I will say that I thought it was a, uh, a very good segment. Um, then after that, we, oh, um, after that, Kenny and Lee actually hug it out and, you know, like it's a very nice moment and, you know, Lee does say, I will give him props for, you know, like Chris said, he did sit there and he did take it and it was a lot for him to hear and you could tell that he was nervous and, um, you know, uh, you know, just not able to really put his words together. And, you know, maybe he was a little bit overwhelmed and I get that to a certain extent, but like, you know, it, it it was a good thing that needed to happen. And hopefully he really will take it as an opportunity to like really learn from these guys. And after that, we are on to Mr. Dean. Um, he comes down to the couch and they have, you know, the classic little retrospective of his season. Um, and at the end of it, Dean seems like genuinely hurt by how the situation panned out. Like Dean is somebody who very much wears his heart on his sleeve. And we've all been able to see every moment of him being happy and smiley and very uncomfortable when it comes to his family. And, you know, during the reunion he is very much able to stand up for himself and you know hold other people accountable for their bad actions and um yeah in this in this moment he seems like he's genuinely hurt by how the situation went down with Rachel um Chris asks him what he thought the reason was for him getting cut and he said that he genuinely wasn't sure um because as we all saw, like at the end of the day, he had told Rachel that he was falling for her. She said the same and that he thought that everything was great. And, you know, he wasn't really sure what went wrong. Um, he also admitted that like, um, you know, in order to really, you know, he, he said that if he were to marry somebody that the plan was always that he would let them in on every aspect of his family, um, or every aspect of his life, including, you know, his family dynamic, which is, as we all know, is strained at the very least. Um, um, and yeah, he just said that like, ultimately that it was, 
you know, even if they didn't end up together, that it was maybe a good situation, the hometown situation, um, for his family because they had not, he had not spoken to his father in two years prior to them seeing each other. And he said that he gave ABC or the producers of the bachelorette, the, you know, his dad's number, you know, that despite the fact that they hadn't spoken, his dad did let him into the house and he welcomed the cameras and everybody into the house and that, you know, they were able to have a conversation that may, that probably wouldn't have happened at that time otherwise. So, you know, if anything were to come from that, then, you know, that was, uh, that was a good thing. Um, <clears throat> Rachel comes down after the Dean situation and, um, Chris asks her about the, about Dean and, and letting him go. And she says that the breakup with Dean was hard and that she was emotional and that even if, she wasn't crying when she was breaking up with Dean, that she was very emotional, um, before the rose ceremony and after, um, Dean is back up with the guys, but he does come down and asks, you know, why did you say that you were falling in love with me and then dump me? Um, and yeah, she just kind of didn't really give a, a full answer. She just, you know, said that, the situation was what it was. Um, uh, she, excuse me, Chris asked Rachel about Demario and she says who, which was shade. And that was funny. And she said that, you know, she wasn't really willing to, uh, entertain Demario because she had met guys like him before. And I think we've all, we all have just met those guys that like, uh, it's almost more insulting that they can't lie well, <laughs> than them lying to begin with. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we've all met DeMario. Unfortunately, we don't have to. Oh, well, I guess he will be on Bachelor in Paradise, but that's y'all's problem, not mine. (laughs) Um, um, and then Chris does ask her about, you know, the race, the race aspect of her being the first black bachelorette. Um, and she said that, like, she, in terms of the guys on the show, that it really was not, like, a huge issue, that there was no real uncomfortable moments, and that it really didn't come up um, all that much. And that when it did, it was, like, in a very, like, you know, a constructive way. Um, uh, bouncing off of the race talk, she brings up Lee and says, you know, she really didn't want to uh, pay any attention to Lee and the things that he said, but that she felt like she had a responsibility both as a woman and as a black woman or black person to, you know, speak up about the things that he said. Um, and she just said that like Lee had this great opportunity to be around people that he may not have been around otherwise in his hometown. Um, and that he didn't take advantage of that, um, you know, taking, you know, being around other cultures and really learning from people's experience. Like he just basically chose to be ignorant and chose to stereotype people in a negative way. And, you know, that he should be ashamed of himself basically. And that she hoped that he, you know, learns in the future. Um, 
And we have Matt and Adam, um, who are the two guys that really didn't get much airtime at all. And then when they finally did, they both got cut. Um, Rachel did speak up for them and she said, you know, it's, it's a shame that, um, that they didn't really show their interactions too much because they, you know, they did make it quite far. And she said that they, you know, they weren't there by mistake and that they really did have a genuine connection. And she was sorry that people weren't able to see that. Um, at the very end, we have Fred, who, as we know, was the, um, the guy in the beginning that she had known, um, that, I guess she had watched, uh, in like a summer camp or an after school situation that he was really bad. And like, she really couldn't let that go. Fred had this lame ass little monologue about like how he was the only guy who never got the right opportunity to like really get to know her. And she was just like side-eyeing him the whole time. But it was just like such a lame speech about like, you know, I, I was the only guy who, um, really didn't get an opportunity as soon as I came out of that car. Like I never got a real chance to get to know you and for you to really give me a chance to get to know me. And <laughs> it was just like one of the more uncomfortable moments of the special. Um, he, he did end it by saying like, you know, I'm very happy for you and I hope, you know, that you've really found a man that you are, you know, in love with and it, it ended well but it started off pretty rocky um and that was pretty much it for the special I mean the end of it was really just like bloopers and previews and um stuff like that so nothing I really want to delve into um so that will be it for me today um I did have a couple of um listener interactions um I got an email from lady by the name of Sarah Barry also known as my mother um she had a couple comments about uh the season she uh I'm just gonna paraphrase <laughs> um you know, she says that it, it irks me that Rachel is crying because Peter's uh, not in line with what she wants. Um, I have to disagree. I, I, I understand how you could really want to make it work, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And, and you get emotional over that because I think she really saw potential in, uh, in Peter. I think we all saw potential in Peter and maybe he'll, maybe he'll turn it out in the end. I hope so, but I guess we'll have to see. Um, my mother also <laughs> believes that Brian is a mama's boy and that Rachel will always be in competition for his attention, which I will agree with. Um, I think the mother was, I use the word unhinged and I feel like, yes, she's very much going to be in the picture when it comes to any of Ryan's or Brian's relationships, uh, moving forward. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Um, I think, you know, I think, I think Brian's going to be a bad choice, but I have a sick feeling that he might be 
the one that she chooses for lack of, uh, for lack of other options, to be honest. Um, my mother, however, believes that her best choice is Eric, which I agree with. I think on paper that he, um, that, you know, he's available. He wants this. He's into her. Um, I think everything lines up for them to, you know, be together. And I think, I think, yes, on paper, Eric makes the most sense. I don't know how I feel about him otherwise. Um, and I got a question, excuse me, another question from Amanda Trader on Instagram. Um, she wants to know why they only showed what happened with one of the guys in regards to the fantasy suite. Did Peter go? Did Brian go? Do we find out in the ask? final episode I just thought that was strange um yeah I think that the next episode we will see what happens with regards to the fantasy suite with the other guys because it did end on a cliffhanger with uh Peter saying that he probably thinks that they should not um continue so my guess is that Peter is the one who ends up getting cut who knows what happens with the fantasy seat with Brian. He, we all know that he looks like a horn dog, so I'm sure they end up going. Um, yeah, my predictions for next week are that unfortunately Peter goes home and that she ends up with Brian at the end of this, but we'll see. Thank you, Amanda and Sarah Berry for writing. If you guys want to communicate with me, um, you can hit me up on Instagram at the, no, excuse me, at Barry Good Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can send me an email at barrygoodpod at gmail.com. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter at barrygoodpod. I will see you guys next week. We are going to go into the epic final conclusion, figure out who Rachel ends up with, and... Um, yeah, I should have some exciting news for you guys as well uh, next week. So we'll see you then. Bye.